Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Miriam Shulman. You can find her at shulmanart.com. That's shulmanart.com. Let me spell that for you. S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N art.com. She's a watercolor and mixed media artist for over 20 years. She's founder of The Inspiration Place, an online art class site. Shulman, I'm going to call her Miriam. Uh, Miriam abandoned a hedge fund career after witnessing the devastation of 9-11 to work on her art full time. Now, I know some of you out there in Startup Nation are wishing and dreaming you could work on your art full time, but right now it's just a hobby and you're scared to let go of that salary of that cushiony job. So get inspired. Miriam is about to lay down how she did that. So she rejected the starving artist myth, which I love. I don't believe in that. Her watercolor and mixed media paintings have been seen on NBC, Amazon Prime, uh, published in art magazines and home decor books and collected worldwide. She's been published in art magazines such as Art of Man, Art Journaling Magazine by Stampleton, and regular contributor to Professional Artist Magazine. She's the host of the Inspiration Place podcast, the number one podcast for art lovers who want to learn how to market their art with courage. You can explore her art at shulmanart.com. Miriam, welcome to your first 100K. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, thanks for having me. This is so much fun. So yeah, I, I have been an artist for over 20 years and I was on Wall Street before that. So I did walk away from a fairly lucrative job to do it on my own. And that's why I, I think I was so determined to make it on my own because I just didn't want to go back. And I had, I had myself to compete with, my, myself as, as, you know, in corporate, what that was bringing in. And I wanted my, my own job, my own entrepreneurship to provide the same things for myself and my family that that other position did. So that takes a ton of courage to, oh, yeah. to just let go of comfort to let go of stability and security and to go into the unknown. Why? Because our brain only can see what we can lose, can't see what we can gain. How did you do that? Because there's people right now that are dying to do that listening. They don't know how. How'd you do it? Okay. Well, there's several questions there. Yeah. So I used to call it the golden handcuffs that, you know, sometimes we feel chained to 
a, a high paying job because of the money it brings. So being able to step into, I can do this for myself, it, it does take a big leap of faith. My turning point for me was I was on maternity leave during 9-11. And when I saw 9-11 happen, I knew that I was not going to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a much bigger leap of faith for my husband. Like I kind of saw the vision before he did. He was a little bit freaked out by that whole thing. But I know that there's a lot of people right now, Joseph, who are going through a similar thought process because either by, by choice or not by choice, they are not at that job that maybe they didn't love so much. They're not doing that commute that maybe they didn't love so much. And suddenly they're like, wait, do I have to go back to that when this mm-hmm. is over? Is there something more for me in my life? Because there's something, Joseph, about these times of crises that really lifts a veil over whatever it is that you are dissatisfied with in your life. Don't you do you agree with that? I completely agree with that. And I think without these times of recessions, depressions, pandemics, we will not stop the distractions in our yeah. lives. We right. will not slow down to to assess is it working? Right, because that whole inertia is just keeping you going and suddenly something pulls you away from that and now it's like, well, wait a minute. I'm no do do I how do I, so the question for a lot of people are asking or should be asking right now is not when will this crisis end, but how are they going to continue and how do they want to show up for themselves and who do they want to evolve into when this is over? Mm. It's so good. I'm going to go faith-based for a second here because you know I can. And I think it was Hulk Hogan, actually, that just uh, the way he described the pandemic, he said, God removed all the things we, re- we worship. And it's so true. Like just all those distractions, all the self, 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 and we're, we're left with facing ourselves, yeah. meeting ourselves for the first time, some of us. And yeah. sometimes we don't like what we see because we're not that person we dreamed we would be at this stage in our life, true or true. So oh, I yeah. think what you're saying, Miriam, is, is super critical. And I love how you connected 9-11 to present day and you made it relevant to now. That if you're sitting there listening to the show right now and you're sitting with the questions that Miriam sat with back then um, and you don't know, you know, what are you going to do when you go back? How do you want to show up in life? Do you want your life to look different or do you want to go back to the same old way it was? Either is fine. It's your choice. But now's the time to make that pivot, make that leap, because it's kind of forced upon you if you want it. Yeah. And it's also, I want just to interject, Joseph, it's like, it, it's okay to go back. I just think people need to like their reasons. Yes. Yeah. So what was a big reason that, uh, that kept you from going back? Okay. So for me in particular, I... It's the, my work itself was interesting. So a lot of people assume because I'm an artist and what I was doing was creating computer programs for the financial world that they, I didn't enjoy the work. I did actually enjoy the work. What I didn't feel connected to was the purpose behind the work. So the purpose behind the work was simply to help a hedge fund make more money 
and the people who were making that money were using that money to buy themselves golf courses and vineyards and things like that. It wasn't even towards philanthropic purposes. Mm. So I became very disconnected with the purpose behind what I was doing. And then the motivation simply became, like I said before, the golden handcuffs. It was like, okay, I, I'm collecting a paycheck, but it was no longer enough. Once I started a, a family and was thinking about what I wanted my purpose in life to be, that in itself wasn't enough because there are other ways to make money. That's right. So and just being and motivated by money is not enough. And, and of all things, you went into art and you went into one of the most difficult most dangerous, you know, types of ways of making money, the starving artists, industry, whatever realm. How did, why did you choose that? Because like okay. you said, you could have made money in a lot of things. Why did you That's choose right. art? And how does that connect to your purpose now? Yeah. And let's talk about it. Cause you asked me a question just really early on that I know I didn't answer, which is how did I make the money? So when I first started, uh, so I don't know if this is even relevant. When I first quit my job, I did not know that art was going to be my purpose. I still thought, or I still bought into that whole starving artist idea that artists don't make money. And my, my first job um, coming out of 9-11 was I was just teaching Pilates. And when I was working for New York Sports Club, they had a vested interest in training uh, the, the Pilates instructors how to sell coaching packages. And when I got those skills of how to sell the training packages, like, well, heck, I much rather use these same skills to sell my artwork than to, 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 to sell these training packages that I didn't really care that much about. And I cared a lot about selling my artwork. And yes, the, any sk skills are, it's a transferable skill, whatever you're selling. If you have something that people value and people want, they are willing to pay for it. So that was, um, okay, I forget which question I'm answering, but do you want to know specifically how I made the money? Let's get right so, into it. Okay. What are your top three tips or strategies for Startup Nation right now? to cross their first 100K mark this year, or even during this pandemic? What do you got for okay. that? Make, it, make right. it tactical and practical. All right. So I embraced technology very early on. So when I first started doing my, um, selling my art, I was on eBay. I was creating my website. I was building an email list. So I was not afraid of embracing technology. I was not afraid of tools. I think the number one thing that I see, Joseph, that holds people back over, whether it's art or something else, is not being able, not being willing to invest in tools that are going to make things easier and better. And that tool could be a VA. The tool could be, a, not to say that people are tools, but not being mm -hmm. willing to invest in their own success is really mm. what it boils down to. And they will, they will nickel and dime it. They will spend hours trying to figure out a workaround rather than spend $15 a month on, um, I don't even know if this is what it costs, but lead pages, for example. It's like, come on, like you want a $100,000 business or not? What is a, how does a $100,000 business person, are they, do they care about spending $15 a month for a tool? No. So it's just stepping into that mentality of 
yes, I'm worth it. Yes, I'm going to make, make it back and being willing to invest in their business and themselves. Okay. So that's definitely uh, the first one and I love it. Right. And, and I agree with you so much, Miriam, that we are not, we have a limiting belief around investing in ourselves or investing in tools that can get us to the goals that we say we want. And we try every freebie hack out there and we waste a ton of our time that we'll never get back rather than just paying the money and leapfrogging to where we want to go. Right. And so there's many things that I'm willing to invest in that have moved me forward that my peers are not. So I mentioned support a team. I mentioned tools. And then I, I, I think you have in mind, I've also invested in coaching and online programs to learn the step-by-step of people who have gotten the success that I want. And the people who just take the webinar, but then don't go any further with it, they're not getting the same success. I, I agree completely. I do spiritual coaching right now. And I had spiritual coaches that I hired because I wanted to get it right. And, and they were like, oh, I have the do-it-yourself package. And I was like, no, I want to learn from the best and I don't want to screw up. So how yeah. much to hire you? And I yeah. remember that first guy, he was like, well, I don't do one-on-one coaching. I was like, well, how much? And I persuaded him to be my coach. And we did weekly sessions and I learned the skill sets that I needed. And yes, that cost money. But man, you know how many hours that saved me? That was awesome. All right. So invest in tools, invest in coaching, invest in your business. Stop being cheap with your business growth. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. That scarcity, that scarcity mindedness, like, um, yeah, they, they won't, they, and, and if you have trouble raising your prices because you can't see people investing in you, it's probably because you're not willing to invest in yourself. That's exactly it. I, I agree completely. If you're trying to nickel and dime everybody else, of course you're going to expect to be nickeled and dime exactly. yourself. Exactly. And then you will see, you will see that evidence for that if you're looking for it. Yes, absolutely. All right. So what's your number two tip or strategy for Startup Nation to really propel? Some of them are stuck at 60,000. They just can't break through. Some it's 85. There's a mental block. They can't get through it. What do they do? Okay. So we said um, investing, investing in, in team, investing in tools, investing in coaching. And Joseph, the next thing is investing in your network. Okay, investing in relationships. I spend um, a good amount of time. It's a little bit less right now because I believe in, in person is really the best way to do this. So I'm a little bit limited. But before this crisis started, every Friday, Joseph, I would spend time emailing people, inviting them to what I would do a group lunch every month in New York, what I would invite people. And that investment in my time into building those relationships and my network is huge. That is like, I would think that is a huge differentiator as well between people who are reaching that higher levels of success and people who don't, is Mm. that investment in relationships. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. And I think that also takes courage because you're putting yourself out there to be rejected by others. Do you see that come up at all? Did you have to wrestle that? 
Or you're just from New York and no, that doesn't bother you. I'm, I'm probably, a, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm fearless, but I have maybe a little less fear than others because I lost a parent at a very early age. So I have that survivor's, um, I think Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in one of his books. Maybe it was Outliers, but it could have been a different one. People who have near misses in life, like they've lost a parent or they go through a war, that they they become less fearful because it's like, okay, either the worst has happened and they're still okay. Does that make sense to you what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. because I've, I've, I've built up so much resilience from, from like tragic childhood, basically, that I am a little, I, I, I do have that advantage of not being as fearful. Like, I don't care what, and also my age. I mean, when you're over 50, you don't care what people think of you anymore. Like the older you get, if you notice that with older people, like they've just lost that filter. It's not, it doesn't matter anymore. So yeah. like maybe when I was 20, I would have been very nervous about inviting somebody I didn't know to lunch, but at age 50, come on. I mean, I really don't care. So I, I agree completely. By the way, I'm from New York as well. So are you uh, really? Where are you from? Yeah, I'm Long Island. Oh, no way. Way. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, I got everything what, what you're talking about. So that's why I, I'm kind of picking on you just a little bit. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I was I'm from almost, New Jersey. So we're, we're tough girls. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not connected anymore. We were for like 30 <laughs> seconds. But um, uh, yeah, I was almost murdered twice, you know, in, in my days when I was a wild bad boy or whatever on the West Coast. And it's like, when I came from being almost murdered, right? It's like, then I, I start doing some business things or networking or whatever. And people tell me, whatever, I don't like you or whatever. That doesn't bother me. Like I was almost murdered. <laughs> like I almost right. died. Right. So, like so if somebody really says you email too much, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Make me stop. <laughs> right. <it. laughs> Unsubscribe. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. Boo -hoo. <laughs> it's like, how is me filling up your inbox? My problem. How is that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Okay. So invest in tools, coaching, your personal growth, business growth. Number two, invest in relationships by going out there, asking people, inviting them to group lunches, brunches, uh, masterminds, putting people together, connecting people and creating value for them. And sometimes oh, yeah. creating value for them isn't you have to create the value. You just match them up with someone else who can create value. Is that right? 100%. I'm glad you brought that up because I do take pride in being able to introduce other people to each other for those reasons you just said. It's like you are doing such a service to both people, whether, you know, whether it leads to anything or not, they appreciate it. So I like to take the trouble to do the email introduction. Hey, here's so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And like really build each other up and it makes you look like a hero. And it, yeah, it takes a little bit of work, but that's all investing in your network. That's part of investing in relationships is, is that play, playing matchmaker. Can so that's I? Part, that's can part I of my Yenta rule. Yeah. Route. Yeah. Can I ask you a real question about that? And yeah. Get a real answer. Okay. Well, I don't okay. know what you're gonna ask me, so it may so not be when, real if I don't like the question. No, no, be real. So, <laughs> and, and I'm asking it because it's happened to me so many times, and it frustrates the heck out of me. What people don't thank you. People don't thank you, or they don't reciprocate value back, or like you introduce them, you add value to their life. 
10 times or whatever. And not once do they ever add value back to you. Like, does that bother you? And what do you do with that? Because I, I know I'm not the only one that experiences this. Um, you know, what bothers me more than the non-reciprocating is the um, not thanking. I think it's kind of rude that you should circle back and thank. And then basically what ends up happening, if, if somebody I end up introduce, 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 and I don't get a thank you, um, I stop introducing them, you know, like, cause I know more than one speaker coach. <laughs> you don't have to be, she doesn't, this, you know, we're going to call her Jill. Jill doesn't have to be the speaker coach I introduce. I can introduce Judy instead. So nothing really bad happens. It's just, they don't, they don't, they kind of fall off the list of the people I might be recommending. Hmm. Do you ever reach out to them and, and tell them? Like why? I, I, you know, I have reached out sometimes and say, Hey, what happened with that? Mm-hmm. And what, you know, I think what bothers me more, Joseph, is not that, that when they don't think or that they don't reciprocate, that you is even that they don't, no, no, that they don't do anything with it. Oh, yeah. Does that happen to you? Do you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about? It's like, you've oh, made yeah, for this sure. beautiful introduction. Yeah, you're like, so what happened with, because they, they asked and then for it's help. Like, they said, hey, I'm struggling with this. You're like, hey, I know someone. You connect them right. with the someone. The someone's like, you know what? I'll give them some of my time. And, and they could clearly help them. And then right. they and don't then, do And then they just it. let it fill up their inbox. You know, right? so it's like, <laughs> okay, I wasted my time clearly with you. Uh, you know, okay, so how do you shake that off? Because I do think that's a tip or strategy. Uh, it's a mental strategy in year one, two, or three, because you got to weed through a lot of those people. Uh, unfortunately, right? Because as you're, as we're growing our businesses and growing ourselves, it's like we're leaving the bucket of crabs. If you know that crab metaphor and all the crabs try to pull you back down. What are you trying to do? Where are you going? You're not, you can't, you're one of us. And it's like, how do you do that successfully? Keep your peace, shake them off and keep moving up towards your goal. Okay. Well, for, 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 mo- for the most part, the people who are um, takers and not givers, they, they only take and they don't give, um, it, it just becomes kind of like static out there. So usually those type of people, they'll show up like in a Facebook group, for example, that you're in and they're always asking, always asking, right? You know what I'm talking about, Joseph? Mm-hmm. And so the first couple of times you're like, yeah, I know a guy, I know a girl, here you go. Let me make an entry, blah, 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 blah. And then if that person turns out to be the type that doesn't reciprocate, doesn't whatever, you know, doesn't thank you. Then when I, when that person shows up in that group asking, it's just noise to me. I don't really get upset. It's just now she's become noise that I don't pay attention to anymore. So, cause it's like not worth my time making an introduction, not just because of that person, because here's the thing, let's just say Jill, Jill, um, who I was introducing people to was use, was taking, um, advantage of the people that I'm recommending. It's not just about Jill. It's also about, um, John, who I might be introducing John to Jill. I'm also doing John a favor, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily stop doing Jill a favor if it's helping John, but what happens is somebody becomes a taker. They, I don't pay attention to them anymore. So it's yeah. not really, it doesn't really take up mental space in mm-hmm. my mind. It's just like, okay, they're a fly, but you know, fly away. Fly away. Exactly. I don't... Okay. Got it. What's your third uh, tipper strategy? Okay. I think you took like 
three of my tips and made them one tip. So I this did. is like not fair, right? Like invest in tools, them. invest in team. You got more. Right. Let's go. Are you, I got more. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think we, we kind of touched upon this, but uh, definitely people who, who, who are not successful are not communicating enough. And by communicating, we're talking about usually email. But if you want to sell more, you have to be willing to communicate and communicate often. And it never works the other way around. You're not going to sell more if you communicate less. Mm. So, so what I'm hearing you say is make yourself more visible. And, and you must own that responsibility. Yeah, but I think people confuse visibility with communicating. So showing okay. up on TikTok and Instagram, that's not necessarily the communication that people are looking for. So when we talked about investing in a relationship, when you are emailing people, you're, in, you're really investing in that relationship with them, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one or it's through your newsletter. I don't like the name of newsletter, but it's through your list that you are really nurturing that relationship in a way that I think social media, everybody knows that is like for the masses, whereas an email communication, even if they know you have a lot of people on your list, it feels more intimate. It feels more when, when you're in somebody's inbox to the, you, you are only talking to them at that moment. Hmm. I get that. So how often is too often? And I asked because I've had guests come on the show and then they put me in their, their uh, email list. And I, I, one comes to mind, I will we'll call her Jill. Um, Cause we're just going <laughs> to pick, pick on Jill day. Um, but Jill uh, now is running different uh, launch campaigns and everything. And I'll get anywhere from 10 emails a week from Jill. Um, to, I don't know, 30, uh, 30 a month. And it's, it's at this point where I like Jill. I like what Jill's up to, but I'm about to, um, you know, remove myself from her list because it's too much. So how much is too much? What do you recommend when it comes to community? Well, you're, you, Jill should be only be sending things that you're interested in. So I might send 10 emails in a week to my list, but not to everybody on the list. Hmm. So everybody will get a notification about the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody that to that's me, like universal. that's yeah. right. If they don't like that, they don't like me. They should just get off my list. <laughs> except, except my mother, who's still on my list, even though she hasn't figured out how to listen to a podcast. So she's sad, but you know, we will, we will cut her some slap there. But if I am, so right now, Joseph, as, as we're recording this, I'm promoting Watercolor Portrait Academy. The only people on my list who are getting all of those emails have opted in for either the webinar or the free videos. So that's about half my list. The other half are not getting all those. So I'm assuming that people are interested in the portraits are going to get all those emails. So I don't send 10 emails to everybody on my list, only it's basically segmentation and, mm -hmm. and sending it to, so it's, you know, like we we're talking about friendship earlier, you have friends that maybe this is your friend who you only talk to about 
um, I'm going to be so sexist right now. Sports. This is your sports friend. And maybe this is your spirituality friend. And maybe this is your yoga friend. You don't go to your yoga friend and start talking to them about football necessarily, right? So it's that sort of thing. You got to make sure that the people on your list are getting the messages that interest them. Okay. So communicate more, but keep it relevant to who you're speaking to. Yeah. 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 Okay. For sure. Cool. Awesome. All right. We are speaking with Miriam Shulman. You can find her at shulmanart.com. That's shulmanart.com. She's a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. Well, she's really a Jersey girl, but we'll, we won't hold it against her. And we're having some fun here, just getting real about all things entrepreneurship and you know, the, the mental game of year one, two, and three of building a business. And it does take one, two, or three years. And it doesn't take five months or eight months. And you really got to push through. Every now and then you get an outlier. I had in my first business in 12 months, we did 2 million. But every business after that, the next 11 businesses were not that way. <laughs> they took three to five years, each and every single one of them. So I uh, just want to keep inspiring you guys as you're out there keep pushing through. Uh, Check out Miriam. And Miriam, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? So I'm so unprepared, but go ahead. Great. I love that. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Uh, Nobody tells gets to tell me what to do. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing? Sometimes people think they can tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Silly humans. Okay. And let's get real. Okay. Because I I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. If you're just being real with startup nation, what are you struggling with either professionally or personally right now? Mm, I really miss New York city. This is killing me right now. I mean, I, and I miss all my self-care too. I, I'm sorry, I admit it. All my girly, girly stuff that I don't get to do. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So you're struggling with that. You're missing it. Uh, what are you most afraid of? Hmm. This is after we had the conversation home fearless, but what am I most afraid of? Come on, we all got stuff. We all have fears. Yeah, we all have fears. Um. You know, I fear for my children, I think. So. In what regard? Uh, yeah, I feel responsible for how they grow up and them having a successful life. And hopefully I didn't spoil them too much along the way. <laughs> too much self-care for the kids. <laughs> right? No, no, no. Because no, <laughs> I, I, I feel my success because I built up so much resilience from having yeah. like such a tragic childhood. And I gave given them a a very fantasy childhood and that's not necessarily the best thing for kids. So I well, it's good. You that. acknowledge it. Yeah, a little <laughs> yeah, too much for sure. yeah. All right. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in your business? Now I've been in business a long time. So you're making me like go back a while, but this, this business. Okay. Um, too much time doing, too much time doing, probably talking to people who weren't as successful as I am, like mm. taking, listening to the noise. Yep. But, and then people who were negative, like whenever things weren't so good, I would like to go and find the other people who weren't doing well either. Cause they're like, so that, that's not what you should, you should do. 
Always yeah. talk to people more successful than you. Yeah. Talk to the people who are going to kick your butt and <laughs> kick you up. Yeah. Right. All right. What secret fear do you have about people? Secret fear about people. Um, what do you mean? Like we all have a fear about how we show up with them. They show up to, with us. Oh, that they won't like us. Is that it? No, <laughs> I'm not gonna what? admit that. Why? Uh, Why? Is it too real? Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess you know. Like, I, I still worry about what the popular girls think of me. Okay. Yeah, that's like real. Still back in high school. Sometime. Yeah, and just so you know, like all the girls listening right now, same thing. <laughs> You're not alone in that. Okay. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? Uh, communicate more, more email, build the list from day one. Okay. So, got it. Yeah, I didn't start building my list on day one. That was a huge mistake. Yeah. Same for me. Uh, what's a new habit you want to form? Uh, journaling more. Got it. What's a bad so habit? I journal, but in, not consistently. So I wish I could get myself to journal more. What's a bad, bad habit, habit you want to break? Hmm. Scrolling. <laughs> scrolling. <laughs> I heard squirreling. I was like, oh, same thing. Yeah. Okay, pick three words to describe who you are now. Bold. I see that. Yes. Um, fearless and funny. I asked you to describe yourself, not me. But thank you. <laughs> You're so jealous. <laughs> well done. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in your business. Oh my goodness. So not funny at all. Uh, very timid and uh, basically the opposite of everything we just said. Uh, no, but I, I clearly I started a business. So that does take courage. Yeah, for sure. And last question, Miriam, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything. What would you say to them? Mm, good question. Um, I, I, I would say that you will, you're going to meet yourself. Uh, be, be kind to your future self. Be kind to your future self. Got it. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K in 2020? What do you got? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to circle back to something we said, but revise it slightly. Okay, so what you need to do is communicate confidently. Mm. People are addicted to confidence and you want to communicate with as much confidence as possible. And if you feel you don't have it, courage is a muscle. So the more you practice, the stronger that'll get. So how do you not cross the line from confidence to cocky? That's, well, it's probably not irrelevant. Just, just do it, you know. <laughs> the like problem is not to worry about that line. That's, okay, what keep, got it. that's what keep, holds people back is they're worried about, and, and you most, for the most part, people are not in danger of that. They're in danger of being too timid. Okay. So like, just go for it anyway. That's and right. You'll and probably no. end up somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Okay, cool. So communicate with confidence. I agree with that so much. We're speaking with Miriam Shulman. Miriam, uh, how does Startup Nation get in touch with you? What do you got? You got any programs, products, anything like that you want to share with them? Any value? What do you, what do you want? Yeah, I would say if you like what you heard today, this is the types of things I talk about on my podcast, the Inspiration Place podcast. You can find it on 
all the podcast places, Spotify, iTunes, etc. I've had some really amazing guests as well as solo episodes. And we, even though it's primarily for artists and creatives, we do talk a lot about the mindset that you need to, to step forward in your business. Awesome. All right. Startup Nation, go check out, check it out. Shulmanart.com. Mary M. Shulman, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, girl. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. You're welcome. Cheers. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.